grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Oh, Michelle, we've had so much going on this week. I went to Troop in the Colour. You did. She went without me, Royal Community. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. If you listened last week, you will, you'll be like, hang on a minute. They said they weren't going to Troop in the Colour. Honestly, I was not planning to. I had planned on Saturday to go to London to go shopping. I only live about a 45 minutes train ride outside of London. So it's really easy for me to get to. Hang and on by a minute. The time- Wait there. Press pause <laughs> on that. So before that, Rachel and I were recording the podcast last Wednesday and Rachel said, you know what? I just really need some retail therapy. You'd had a tough <laughs> week, hadn't you? And you said, I think I'm actually going to go to London on Saturday. I just need to go shopping. So I said, oh, fine, that's fine. You're going to end up going through the colour you said no I won't I'm going shopping I said okay fine <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm just chilling minding my own business and then there's a picture popped up but Rachel at Troopin she <laughs> did the dirty on me raw community <laughs> oh it was so funny so what happened was by the time I got to London I thought, do you know what? It's only two stops to Green Park and then I can just walk to the Mall. So that's exactly what I did. Then as I was walking up, I got to Clarence's house and they weren't letting anyone past. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake, Like I wanted to go further up because that's where we'd stood before to get a better view. Yeah. And so I was speaking to one of the police officers. I was literally right at the edge by Clarence's house. And he said, I'm really sorry. It's going to be about 10, 15 minutes. Loads of people, it's so funny, kept coming up to the same police officer asking the exact same question. When is it opening? How long is it going to be? And every time someone came up, I started laughing. I said to him, I was like, this is your job today, right? He's like, yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) So we was waiting and it got to about half past 10. And I said, there's no way that's going to open anytime soon because I know for a fact that the Royals leave Buckingham Palace at quarter to 11. And so as I was waiting, he said to me, you're going to want to get your phone out because the king's about to come out. And I was like, okay. So I got my phone out. I love you. I didn't tell. I know, right? All of a sudden, the king and the queen come out and they drive to Buckingham Palace because as we know, Royal Community, the king does not live at Buckingham Palace. He lives at Clarence House. So when you see the flag flying, he's in residence, but not in the palace. He's just down the road. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that was quite a little moment. Then what else was really funny is as we were waiting for 11 o'clock for when they all start going towards Horse Guards Parade, is that all of the King and the Queen's staff came out that were working. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and they even had the waiting staff. And as the King and the Queen went by in the carriage, they was waving to them. It was so cute. Yeah, they're such a big part of it, aren't they? They're the people we don't see. So it's lovely they get to celebrate his your quote-unquote birthday. Exactly. And then it was funny because Christy and Tanya, who we've spoken about before on the podcast, they had posted a video of Charles and Camilla in the car. In that video, I saw three guys that were standing across the way wearing yellow vests. And I thought, hang on a minute. 
I can see the same guys they're seeing. And they were literally <laughs> down beside me. Oh, nice. So you got to see at Burke um, Hall with Love and at Camilla's Girl on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So then I, ta- I tapped a Tanya on the shoulder and she was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm no, I'm crazy. Like, I, <laughs> I can't even. So then I walked up the mall whilst trooping was happening to get a better space. And then who do I see? Our friend Bedwear. Yeah, who was on our 100th episode anniversary special. Yeah, so I stayed with him while treatment was going on. He said, oh, are you going to stay? I was like, well, I might as well now that I'm here. So I saw the Royals Who cares about the back. shopping? Yeah, <laughs> I saw the Royals coming back. And then we got onto the mouth for the flyover. And Royal Community, oh my goodness. I have never been that close to the balcony at a Royal event. Yeah, you were super close. We got so close. And I was really surprised because we've always said it, is that they let the people at the back of the mall start coming through first before they let people at the front. And I know some people had a bit of a gripe because they were obviously at the front waiting to have that shot of the royals at the balcony. And by the time we got down to the Victoria Memorial, those sides still hadn't been let out. Yeah. Well, we know that, don't we, from our yeah. past experiences. Exactly. But I just kept going, I can't believe how close we are. I was absolutely gobsmacked. And then that fantastic flyover, honestly, the CR, everyone was just like, oh, wow, this is so cool. It was absolutely amazing. Absolutely incredible. And yeah, just like unexpected. And I think if we go next year, Shell, we don't have to camp out. Get there about half eight, nine o'clock. And you get a really good spot. Well, we know, don't we, that the reason we had to queue a lot last time during the Jubilee was because it was the Jubilee. Yeah. So it, it just goes to show, actually, if you turn up anywhere between, say, eight and ten, you might not get right at the barrier, but you'll definitely, depending on where your spot is and if you're if you're savvy with it, you'll definitely really get a good balcony appearance. Yeah, and what happened was, is when the Royals went to Horse Guards, a lot of people then left. So that frees up a lot more space. Yeah. And then after that, I was obviously at Buckingham Palace. So I went to the Georgian Star Exhibition, which I've wanted to go to for a while. It's on until October. I would thoroughly recommend if you're in London to go to that. It was £17 and it took me about an hour or so to get round. It was just so impressive. They had Princess Charlotte. Her father was King George IV. Her wedding dress on display is one of the oldest British royal wedding dresses that we have in the royal collection. And Royal Community, if you're not quite sure about Princess Charlotte, she was like Diana, Princess of Wales of the time everybody loved her and she actually passed away because of childbirth. So it was such a heartbreaking moment in British history when she passed away. What was her wedding dress like, Rach? Well, it's silver, which was a colour that was worn at the time in wedding dresses. It wasn't until Victoria that white wedding dresses became popular. Yeah. So it's really spectacular. I have got loads and loads of videos that I haven't posted yet, but I will do. And then... I didn't know, but there was a portrait of my girl, Marie Antoinette. (laughs) It's not an original because I have seen the original at Versailles, but it's it's still a portrait, but it's not the full length portrait. They also had a portrait of her husband, Louis XVI, which I've never seen in person. So that was really cool. And And the great thing about this exhibition is you could get really up close to the portraits. There wasn't like a barrier or anything obstructing you. Um, so that was really cool. And obviously we've heard recently of Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. And there was lots of portraits of her and King George III and their children. It was so good. I would highly recommend it. 
Amazing. So did you just turn up on the day and get your ticket or did you yeah. have to book in advance? No, just turned up on the day, got my ticket and then that was it. Tick loads of boxes on that day. Did you I actually know. do any shopping? I did do shopping, <laughs> but I didn't know, but I didn't buy anything. I, ha- I window shopped and then I treated myself to dinner at Selfridges because I was mm. in that area. So, what did you have? Yeah, I had a chicken Caesar salad with a side of chips. <laughs> nothing caviar based then (laughs) so we'll talk about trooping the colour later on in our royal news segment but we've had some reviews this week haven't we Shell? Yeah, we have. I mean, I want to start with an Apple podcast review from Cole Brittany that said, I love you guys. That's all. I mean, Cole Brittany, (laughs) we love you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you. We've also had one from Charlie Wally. And they said, absolutely love it. I'm currently binge listening to all episodes, but I love the fact that you don't always have the same opinion. It is so obvious that you love what you do and you never fail to make me smile every episode. Keep on keeping up the Windsors because this Australian loves listening to you. Oh, we love it. Welcome to the Royal Community, Charlie Wally. On Spotify, we had Jana Juhuki Kuzamanen. Wow, so cool. You're in Helsinki and Linamaki because I was talking about my cruise, wasn't I, Rach? And yeah. I went to Helsinki and Linamaki and I had a wonderful time. So I'm guessing you're a Finnish Royal Community listener. So welcome to the Royal Community. And also Alba's baby has said, so great. I love that Michelle loves animals. Listen up because we've got quite a few animal chats coming up <laughs> yeah. for grouping the colour. So uh, thanks so much for all your reviews. And one more, we've had one from Lauren McCallan and she said, I'm newish to the podcast and I absolutely love it. It's such a treat to listen in each week and it's honestly like sitting in on a chat with friends. Thank you both for all you do to create such a lovely space for fellow Royal Watchers. Hey, thank you so much. If you would love to leave us a review, you can over on Apple or Spotify. Come on over as well, because Spotify, again, I said this last week, but we actually do Spotify polls. This week, I asked, what was your favourite part of Troop in the Colour? And I put loads of different answers, but the main ones have come out, the Wales children the balcony shot and the king riding on noble thank you so much for being part of the polls over on spotify and for leaving us a review we could not do this podcast without your support so thank you so much for supporting us let's head into the royal roundup this week So the King, accompanied by the Princess Royal, presented the new royal standard to the Blues and Royals at Buckingham Palace. Anne is Royal Colonel of the Regiment and the King Colonel-in-Chief. How great was this to see them on a joint engagement show? I have been loving the joint engagement. We need more, we need more, we need more. We certainly do. And I actually put a picture up of them on Instagram because I said she's always had his back. She's always there for him. She's, yeah. as we say, she's the glue that holds it all together. That's why she's called the Royal Home Knob. Yeah, the ride and die of the Royal Family for sure. Let's move to the Windrush portraits with the King, Rach. A reception was held at Buckingham Palace and was attended by the King and the Queen to mark 75 years since the arrival of the HMT Empire Windrush to Britain. Now, this isn't the only connection to the Windrush generation for the King, because last year the King commissioned 10 black artists to create portraits of 10 pioneering members of the Windrush generation with a documentary also to follow the process. The King said, it is, I believe, crucially important that we should truly see and hear these pioneers who stepped off the Empire Windrush at Tilbury in June 1948. 
only a few months before I was born. And those who followed over the decades to recognize and celebrate the immeasurable difference that they, their children and their grandchildren have made to the country. Now, the portraits will go on display at the Palace of Holyrood House from the 22nd of June to mid-September 2023. And then at the National Portrait Gallery in October 2023 for about six months. And in connection to that documentary I just mentioned, the King will be appearing in in the program dedicated to the artist's process of painting the portraits and the program's called Windrush Portraits of a Generation. Now this is going to air on BBC Two on Thursday the 22nd of June or you can catch up on iPlayer. I'm going to be glued to that because I absolutely loved the documentary for the Jewish Holocaust. I think that was last year wasn't it Rach? Yeah, where they had the portraits at Buckingham Palace. Let's move on to the King's Birthday Honours, which were announced this week, with famous names such as Dame Anna Wintour, Sir Terry Waits, Davina McCall and Ian Wright being honoured. So Davina McCall is a presenter here in the UK and Ian Wright is a former football player who now is a football pundit. Yep, and Dame Anna Wintour is editor-in-chief of Vogue. And Sir Terry Waite is actually a hostage survivor who was held hostage for years and has been given another honour. This week, Queen Camilla has been appointed the most ancient and most noble Order of the Thistle by the King, which represents the highest order in Scotland. The order was said to be established by King James VII of Scotland, although it's possible to date back further. It is given to those who have held public office or given a particular contribution to national life and that the title can only be bestowed by the king himself and at present there are 16 recognised knights. Yeah, this is a big deal actually, isn't it? Because I think the queen is just one of a handful of consorts to have been given this honour and it is just one below the Order of the Garter. So it's a big deal, actually, that Camilla has been bestowed this by Charles. Yeah, and when I think of Order of the Thistle, my mind automatically goes to the portrait of Queen Elizabeth II, which was shot by Annie Leibovitz in Balmoral. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, Royal Community. If you have Angela Kelly's book, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But Queen Elizabeth II is actually wearing that magnificent, really emerald velvet robe and looks incredible yeah absolutely i think in time we might even see camilla in that robe who knows (laughs) (laughs) who knows who knows i know let's move on to william the prince of wales has given an interview with the sunday times talking about his ambitious plans to end homelessness we found out that later this month william will launch a major new project with the royal foundation William said, it's a really big project. It's for the next five years, so it's nerve wracking, but I'm really excited. I've been waiting for the right time to do this. He spoke of his plans to have social housing built on the Duchy of Cornwall land, saying, absolutely social housing. I'm no policy expert, but I push where I can. In this role as Prince of Wales, he controls the Duchy of Cornwall land. And he said, it's all very well doing big gestures, but there's no point if there's no future to it. He also revealed he plans to take his children to a homeless shelter, just like Diana did with him and Harry. And he said they will grow up knowing that actually, do you know what? Some of us are very fortunate. Some of us need a little bit of a helping hand. Some of us need to do a bit more where we can help others improve their lives. I think this was going to be 
a project in the making at some point for him because it also connects to Diana, his mum's mission, you know, right? She was so connected to the homeless and charities and patronages connected to that. So to use his power as the Duke of Cornwall with the duchy to create this, it's a given really, isn't it? Well, if you listen back to our predictions episode, I predicted this might happen this year. The land that the Duchy of Cornwall, it's over, I think it's 300,000 acres. Like it's massive. It's a lot of land. So it makes sense to use it and put it to good use. Obviously, the king put his own stamp when he was Prince of Wales. He built Poundbury, didn't he? Which is a village that he built in Cornwall. And there's actually a documentary on that. If we can find it, we'll link it in the show notes. But it's really interesting that William wants to do this. And I'm really excited to see what happens in the next few years and when this announcement comes about. And we only saw him at Centrepoint the other week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Looking at it now, with the housing crisis we have in the UK, this is his power, I think, in saying, I have no control over the government and what they do with the housing crisis, but I own this bit of land and I have power over what that means for me in this context. So I'm going to create social housing. I'm going to do that here, which actually speaks volumes politically. And what I love is that he's only been Prince of Wales since September. Yeah. And already he's wanted to change things. And I think this really goes to show what kind of king he will be in the future. And like he said, no politics, but he's using his sway as Prince of Wales and his role in this area, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rollout on this. Bring it on. I'm super excited to hear more about the project. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Princess of Wales. We saw Catherine visiting Nuneaton where she met with health visitors and we learned that the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood is funding a £50,000 trial which was inspired by Catherine's visit to Denmark. The trial will evaluate a tool being used by health visitors at the six to eight week check to identify babies at risk as well as showing parents how to communicate with their babies. The system is called Alarm Distress Baby Scale and this will pilot the scheme until December at South Warwickshire NHS and Humber Teaching NHS. Now, these trusts were chosen because of its high-volume face-to-face health visitor appointments. Wow. When we see on the Royal Circular and we get the Princess of Wales had an early years meeting, this is what's been going on behind the scenes. This is exactly what we've been saying. Just because we don't see them every single day doesn't mean they're not doing anything. This sounds absolutely fantastic. It's going to help so many people. And I love that the Royal Foundation is using their platform to help initiatives like this and bring forward. Yeah. And, you know, we've, I mean, me in particular, have given the Shape and Us campaign quite a bit of stick recently by being all fluff and no substance. So I'm glad something like this has come out because this is the substance. This is something that's tangible and will after the trial, hopefully give the results needed to then roll it out to more trusts and for it to be a viable scale that can be used nationally. So fingers crossed for this. It is hopeful and we'll bring you all the news when it's announced Royal Community. So stay tuned. We also saw Catherine this week reopen the National Portrait Gallery after a three-year refurbishment. The gallery includes the whole still exhibit, which runs from the 22nd of June to the 9th of August this year. And you can also see the portrait of Catherine by Paul Emsley. Now, what I really enjoyed about seeing this is when Catherine was walking into the portrait gallery, as she was walking, there was a portrait of Queen Victoria behind her. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, oh, that's a nice juxtaposition, isn't it? A past queen and a future queen, right? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And... 
she also met music royalty, Sir Paul McCartney. Because he's got an, an exhibition there at the moment. It is a pay-for exhibition as you go in, but it looks really interesting. So if you are in London and you are going, consider it because the portrait gallery is so eclectic with the types of exhibits that they have. There's lots to see. And Royal Community, you do have to pay for certain exhibits, but it is actually a free gallery to walk around apart from those paid exhibits. So if you're in London, it's a free thing to do. Anyone can go. I think sometimes you just have to pre-book a ticket depending on what day you go because obviously they only let a certain amount of people in at the time. Let's move on then. At Buckingham Palace this week, the Duchess of Edinburgh, who is the Grand President of St John's Ambulance, was invested as a Dame Grand Cross of the Order of St John. Now, the Duke of Gloucester as Grand Prior invested Sophie, who was promoted last year by Queen Elizabeth II. This was like out of the blue, wasn't it? We had some pictures (laughs) on the social and I did mention to Rachel and I'm going to let you know Royal Community they scared me the robes the black robes <laughs> it looked like an M. Night Shamlin movie I was quite scared I thought something was going to jump out at me and then I realised it's okay they're in Buckingham Palace it's investiture but it did look like uh, the start of a thriller <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh that's absolutely hilarious that's so funny Sophie's been a part of this organisation for such a long time I think it's one of the oldest organisations that she's worked with since becoming a working royal and I think that just goes to show that the promotion last year was so thoroughly well deserved and it was lovely because on the St John's Ambulance social media They really praise Sophie for everything that she's done for the organisation over the years. Yeah, and I remember when she was getting interviewed just after the pandemic about how them as a family, how at that point the Wessexes as a family had dealt with COVID. And she actually mentioned that she was volunteering with St. John Ambulance during the whole of the pandemic. Remember, Royal Community, regardless of whether they say it or not, they're still working, they're still serving the public at all times especially at that crucial time again it was so lovely actually that she just get that nice elevated role of grand president so well done to sophie let's move on to father's day oh my gosh oh my gosh we were treated two new pictures with william and the wales children when these were taken by millie pilkington on the windsor estate And they look quite similar to the ones that we had of Prince Louis on his birthday. So I'm wondering if this was just like a really big photo shoot. And they thought, let's knock out all of the pictures, right? And we've got them for the year then. Yeah. (laughs) And also what was lovely is the bench that they were sitting on was actually a bench that was given to Queen Elizabeth for her 90th birthday. And it has an engraving on it. Oh, don't. And I was just like, oh, it's a lovely collection. But it was so funny because so much was happening at the weekend Obviously, we had Troop in the Colour on Saturday. And then all these other things started coming out. And Michelle sent this to me on via a text, which we normally never normally do. And I was like, what's this? <laughs> and, then you, and then she was like, Father's Day. I was like, oh my gosh, like Father's Day? I completely forgot. And then a lot of people were saying about the fact that William in quotes, stole the king's thunder because the papers on the Sunday should have all been about the king and his first birthday parade as monarch. But how the royal road works is that they have to be given the pictures the day before so then they can have them for the next day for the papers in the morning. And royal community, let's not forget, 
the papers, it's the Wales children that are going to sell the papers more than the king. I hate to say that, but it's true. You want that cute picture of the kids rather than Charles. It's not. It's nothing against Charles, but it's the children do sell more pictures. Exactly why we always see a picture of Catherine on a front cover of a paper rather than William. Mm. Because it's like, oh, she's gorgeous, she's glamorous, she's wearing this outfit. People want to see that and that's what they know will sell the papers. Yeah. What do you think of the pictures, Rach? Oh, I love them. You could just feel the love through them. I just love how like tactile he is as a dad. You can see he's like a really hands-on dad. Yeah. And I just loved that. And we also had the Royal Family Socials had three pictures. One was with the King and Prince Philip, the Queen with her father and Bruce Shands, and the King with William and Harry in Balmoral back in the day. With a nice kilt on. With a kilt. We love a kilt. We've got Royal Scotland Week coming up, haven't we, Sue? We have. So yeah, we'll get ready. see a kilt or two. <laughs> yeah, we have. Get ready for it. And also, let's finish off the Royal Roundup with some celebrations. The Duchess of Gloucester celebrated her 77th birthday this week. And the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh celebrated their 24th wedding anniversary, which Rachel landed on the very day of Order of the Garter. And... Obviously, they're in the same place they got married in St. George's Chapel. So it might have been like a nice synergy for them. Like, oh, look, we're in a carriage yeah. again. Yay! Or, or it might have been, oh, gosh, we've got to work on our anniversary. <laughs> Me, I know. <laughs> Do you know what? I will say this. The Duchess of Gloucester has been so lovely to see her. And I know we're going to be mentioning Order of the Garter soon. But you know what? I thought she looked absolutely fabulous at the Order of the Garter. And what a wonderful way to have a pre-birthday glow up. Yeah, and she actually looked fabulous at Troop in the Colour as well. Did she's really bringing it? Lovely to see her, isn't it? Absolutely. So that's it for the Royal Roundup. Quite a lot happening, as we said, Royal Community. So let's now go into the Royal News because we've got two big pieces of news for you this week. So let's go to the Royal News. Right, Rachel, start with the Order of the Garter. Let's talk all about it. This year's service was an important one because it's the first for the King as sovereign of the Order of the Garter. Now, for you that don't know Royal Community, the Order is almost 700 years old. It includes 24 knights who are chosen for their recognition for their work and also select members of the Royal Family. So not all members of the Royal Family are part of the Order. They have to be invested just like Camilla was invested last year by Queen Elizabeth II. And it's an annual event which takes place at St. George's Chapel in Windsor. They have a lovely service, don't they, Rach? And there's also some things that happen inside Windsor privately uh, with the members of the order, which obviously we're not privy to. But it's also lots of pomp and pageantry that we've come to expect from a royal event. If you are subscribed over on YouTube to our Keep It Up With The Windsor's channel, we have a dedicated Order of the Garter vlog, which I filmed last year when I went to Order of the Garter. So if you want to watch anything from that, head on over and I'll also put a link in the show notes. Um, and remember, members of the public can attend this event, but you have to apply in advance for tickets. And they're free, aren't they, Rach? Yeah, absolutely free. You just write to, I think it's something like garterday.royal.com co.uk or .uk yeah do a google search royal community <laughs> it's something like that but, but yeah you just email them a few months before and you just say i'd like to request i don't know two tickets and you either get them or you don't yeah exactly and we so, were so surprised we got ours last year weren't we yeah really surprised i will say though shell 
there's been a bit of controversy with Catherine this week regarding Order of the Garter because as she stepped out, everyone automatically went, oh, she's wearing the same outfit, the same Alessandra Rich dress that she wore to Royal Ascot last year. But then on closer inspection, it's not the same dress, but it looks almost the same. It's black polka dots, not brown polka dots, wasn't it? Because last year was brown, this time it's black polka dots. And then she had on as well shoes that look very similar to ones that she's previously worn before. But again, it's a different designer, but they look almost the same. I thought they were the same, Rach. Yeah, I literally thought the they same. were the same. Everyone thought, this, everyone thought that at first, but they're mm-hmm. not the same. It's a different designer. She was wearing a different hat. The hat was by Philip Tracy. But again, a lot of controversy because she's obviously got her favourite designers. But it's like, why are you picking a dress that's so similar? Why not bring out the dress you've previously worn? It was just, I think last year, the dots were a bit smaller or this year were. And that was about it and the colour. Well, that's the thing. This has been custom to black polka dots. So it makes no sense to me. Come on, they're not as if they're like £100 dresses, are they? They're over £1,000, the Alessandra Rich dresses, and probably more because like you said, it's been bespoke made just for her. Yeah. And then again, we've got the shoes on top. She looked beautiful. I love the look. However, I'm in agreement. This seemed like a big waste of money, especially with the style that we've seen her uh, wearing before. You know, bingo card, we've got a cost of living crisis here. It does not look good. It does not look good. It does not look good. But also, I think we've said this before, as she's Princess of Wales now, it is like that she has a certain uniform. And I think we are seeing that. But she has so many outfits that she could rewear to an event like this. How many coat dresses has she got that she hasn't worn more than once to a church service? Bring that out. Bring out something that you haven't worn in nine, eight years. And everyone be like, wow, she's doing a rewear. That's so cool. And then it would be like, what she looked, do you prefer? Do you prefer 2012 or do you prefer now? You know, it's just, I don't know. Look, we absolutely love Catherine and we're normally all hot on what she wears. But it just felt like a bit of a mishap this time, didn't it? And I think a lot of people felt the same. Remember as well, we've just spoken about William's initiative with the social housing. This does not look good. And Royal Community, we have to also make the connection that now William pays for Catherine's wardrobe. It's not Charles because he's now king. So he, he uses a different money pot, the Duchy of Lancaster. Prince William is the purse strings now. So it just seems it's fallen on deaf ears to have that. And I guess in a way, Rach, if it was a completely different dress, a completely different style, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But because it's something that's in her wardrobe already, it just seems like a big waste. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And let's not forget Royal Community. She has a stylist. She works with a stylist, Natasha Archer. So surely that stylist is looking in her wardrobe thinking, oh, she's got a dress like that. We don't need that dress. That dress Mm. isn't a need. It just looked way too similar. Don't get me wrong. She looked beautiful. She always does. But yeah, I just feel like this was a bit of a flop and not the outfit, but it was just the circumstances under it. It just Mm. didn't sit well. Do you know what I also loved uh, watching The Order of the Garter is seeing the Royal Hobnob, the Princess Royal, for all those who are new here, Royal Community. What I loved about it is there's something about her that defies everything, all the rules that are made up about how to be a woman within the royal family. 
And I think, to be honest, that's why I gravitate towards the Royal Hobnob. She defies everything and just makes the rules up herself because she actually realises that she has the power to do that. So I just, I love, absolutely love that we saw that juxtaposition. We saw the powerfulness of Anne come through the whole of this week. So that's Order of the Garter. But on Saturday, we had Troop in the Colour. Yeah, now if you listen to last week's episode, we went into the history of Troop in the Colour. So if you want to know more, go back to episode 122, where we break down the history. So you just mentioned a minute ago, Shell, the Princess Royal. She is the first royal woman to be an aide-de-camp, which means a personal aide to a British monarch. She wasn't an aide-de-camp to Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah. William and Edward and the Duke of Kent were all aide-de-camps to Queen Elizabeth and now are to King Charles. This, um, she, Like I say, she's defying the rules and I just love this. There's such a beautiful relationship between the Princess Royal and the King and it's something I think goes under the radar a lot because obviously other people take the limelight. But what a powerful relationship the two of them have. Yeah. And remember, for a long time, even though she wasn't technically, because the law hadn't passed, she wasn't technically in line to the throne, she was the spear i know she wasn't the spear but she's always been the second person but she's dealt with that role with so much grace and dignity and she's just known her place the whole time there's never ever been a moment that i know of anyway that she's ever faltered in that she's always known she's the support so as we said this is the first birthday parade of the king's reign we're going to talk about a bit about fashion now so yeah. let's move on to the king he is colonel-in-chief of the household division and he wore the tunic of the welsh guards now the sovereign wears the uniform of whichever regiment's color is being troops and this year it was the welsh guards hence why Yay! he's wearing the welsh tunic rach i mentioned last week about the goat i didn't see the goat did you see the goat i didn't see the the goat no the goat Maybe. was out with the proclamation of the king in cardiff when that was a red out i was assuming it was going to be a troop in the color but i didn't see a goat i was so upset <laughs> you, just, you just wanted to see a goat down the mouth didn't you? <laughs> ah, bring it on was that a sheep who knows <laughs> so let's talk about all the king's medals that he was wearing he had quite a few shell. Queen Elizabeth II's coronation medal, which was given to him in 1953, the Silver Jubilee Medal in 1977, the Queen's Service Order, New Zealand Extra Companion, 1983, the New Zealand Commemorative Medal in 1990, the Canadian Forces Decoration in 91, Golden Jubilee Medal 2002, Diamond Jubilee Medal 2012, New Zealand Armed Forces 2012, Long Service Conduct Medal 2016 and the Platinum Jubilee Medal 2022. That's a lot of medals. That is. That's got to be heavy, hasn't it? To wear all those. But not only that, he was also wearing the most noble of the garter, the garter star, which he is knight. The most ancient and most noble order of the thistle, which he is knight. The honourable order of the bath, the great master. I've never heard of this one before. (laughs) Around his neck, he was wearing the order of merit. And for the first time, the neck order of the Royal Victorian Order, which belonged to Prince Philip. Oh, that's sweet, isn't it? I know, right? But then, then, who do we have, Shell? Who do we have? We have Queen Camilla, who looked like she was in a uniform. But she was actually wearing a dress designed by Fiona Clare, 
which was a red silk coat dress that took inspiration from the uniform of the Grenadier Guards, of which Camilla is colonel. The dress includes details such as the grenade-fired cropper embroidered in gold bullion on the collar and the gold bullion back sashes, and the hat was by Philip Tracy, which is a nod to the bear skin with the feather plume. I mean, you know my thoughts on this royal community. Last week I said, we need to see someone. I said Catherine, but we need to see royal family in uniform. This was a a real good nod, but I still needed the uniform. I loved it. (laughs) I thought she looked spectacular and it was like the closest I'm ever going to get, I think. Yeah. The closest I'm ever going to get. But then I think to myself, what is she going to wear next year and the year after that? Yeah. So... That's why I'm thinking just go with Anne, do the thing, stop (laughs) being fashionable and just go with the uniform. So William was in his full ceremonial guard order of the Welsh Guards. And he was also wearing the garter sash and his RAF pilot wings, which he also wore on his wedding day. And a special mention to the Duke of Kent, who is entering his 50th year as Colonel of the Scots Guards. He carried a stick in which he received as a gift from the regiment. And the stick is engraved with the Scots Guard star with the inscription, His Royal Highness the Colonel. And he actually um, was in one of the cars instead of a carriage, wasn't he? Because he's frail now, bless him. Yeah, and actually it just shows his dedication, doesn't he? The regardless oh, of how he feels, his health, he's going to show up, he's going to represent, and he's going to be there to see his guards trooping as part of the parade. So I really commend him for that. So, Royal Community, let's move on to Catherine, because I know a lot of you are probably excited about that. She wore a crystal embellished emerald green dress by Singapore designer Andrew Jin, which is a brilliant nod and a full circle connection to this year's Airshock Prize Awards, which will be held in Singapore. The shade of green represented her position as Royal Colonel of the Irish Guards, and she also wore the Cartier Shamrock brooch, which belongs to the regiment. Wow, wow, wow. When I saw this on the Mall, I said to Bedwyr, both of us said it at the same time, really, as she went past, it's given Diana vibes. And he said, I was going to say exactly the same. And then we always get this comparison of what Catherine wears, what Diana wears. I was on the mound, Pinterest, and I literally typed in Diana green outfit. (laughs) (laughs) And then he even said it looks like something Sarah, Duchess of York, could have worn as well in the uh, late 80s slash early 90s. It really had that feel to it. And I wasn't expecting this shade of green, to be honest with you. I wasn't surprised at all buy it 100% I was like okay there it is green outfit (laughs) fine I think the one thing I did like was we knew it was going to be a very hot day and the hat was very wide brimmed which allowed her to be able to look out and wave and stuff without her squinting her eyes so I think that was a really good choice from the stylist I liked it I thought it was lovely I love the Cartier brooch and I think let's put it this way that had to be positioned in such a way that brooch to not conflict with any of the other bejeweled bits yeah. on the outfit. Precision, absolute precision. Again, I think it was great. I want her in uniform. <laughs> what I loved about the hat in particular was the embellishment that she had on the dress was also on the back of the hat. And there's yeah. a fantastic shot of her sitting because Camilla and Catherine actually sat and watched the procession together, didn't they? Yeah. There was that like iconic shot and it was like, wow, like all these little details 
I would, wouldn't think of, but the stylist, hats off to yeah. the stylist because <laughs> these are the little details. Yeah. But these are the little details that you really think about after. And it's not until you actually see a photo and it's, oh, wow. Yeah. So that actually represents that. And there's always a meaning behind it. It's, you know, and we've spoken about it before the way Queen Elizabeth II wore her clothes and she wore certain colors. It's exactly what Catherine does. Like she's wearing a Singapore born designer. this year's airshot prize there's so many similarities it's like when she went to national portrait gallery she was holding a chanel clutch bag and one of the exhibits is sponsored by the chanel fund so there's always these little details that are in synchronization with each other and i actually love that nod and this is why i love royal fashion because there's always a meaning behind every single piece that's worn yeah and i also think that especially on these big occasions these massive occasions you're always going to get oh yeah well one time the queen was on a balcony and then all of a sudden Catherine's got the same shade it's like yeah okay you can put those things together and whatever but there's a little bit more nuance to it like you were just pointing out Rach it's not just about okay let's have a look at x y and z she was wearing diana's earrings i love that she brought diana's earrings to the occasion she's worn those quite a lot lately haven't hasn't she yeah but i also think that a lot of the royals are choosing that lovely blue to connect with the royal color of blue especially yeah. obviously we've got camilla as well in in her signature blue now yeah I liked it, but I don't care about Catherine. I do not care about anyone else. I mean, Sophie, little good nod to Sophie as well. But Rach, little Charlotte, come on, tell us all. Little Charlotte. The thing is with Charlotte, I think I actually said this last week. I said, are we going to see an updo? And we got an updo. It was bringing Coronation vibes back. I was like, oh, look at Charlotte. She looks so cute. And I loved that she was in a white and a red dress. And then the boys both had red ties. So it all ties together, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. They're the Wales children, the Welsh guard, but they're trooping their colour. Wales, the red dragon, it's all synonymous. There's a meaning behind everything. I don't know what the meaning behind a plat is, Bushala, but we'll get there in the end, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I just love a little plat. And yeah, I just loved that there was always now those shots of Louis. And I think he could smell the horse, the horse pee. <laughs> and even he, he like turned his face and was like, oh, like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> I so think funny. Louis' face just tells a million stories of everything probably we would think if we were there as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so funny. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you watched it when you came home, Rach, but there was a lot of sneezing from the children. And I was thinking, yes, they didn't take antihistamines. I told Been them. Done that. <laughs> if they listened to the podcast, they would have known. <laughs> I thought I would share just some of my observations because obviously I didn't go this year. I was at home watching it on the TV. I was watching BBC Hugh Edwards, Loving Life, and just how of a different experience it is, knowing what I know being there versus what I know watching it from home. And it was just lovely to wake up, have my breakfast, and then just put the telly on at 10.30 and not have the whole thing before, like going to London. So I quite enjoyed that in my PJs watching it. Hugh Edwards made a massive deal about the flag, the uh, the royal standard that is flying during Troop of the Colour, but he also mentioned that it would be flying during Order of the Garter. Now, this flag is different from normal royal standard flags that only for very, very special occasions such as these. And he said that the flag that was flying above Buckingham Palace, Rachel, was the size of a tennis court. Wow. It took three people to put it up. So I want to know 
right, did you notice the size of it? Did it look different from a normal royal standard? Yeah, when, when we was on the mall, we could see it. And we was like, wow, when we, especially when we was walking down, it's like, wow, look at the size of that flag. It's massive. Yeah. So I'm glad because on TV, it was just like, oh my gosh, that flag is absolutely <laughs> huge. The other thing I loved about watching it from home was... Royal Community, I don't know whether you've listened to episodes we've spoken about Troop in the Colour, but we've been to the Colonel's Review with William where we actually got tickets to be within the actual ceremony parade at Horse Guards Parade. And then we've also gone to Troop in the Colour for the Jubilee um, where we we stood on the mall watching the procession coming up and down. One thing I will say is you cannot hear the military commands when you are part of the ticketed event you can see what's going on you can hear muffles and a person shouting but you can't hear what they're saying during the actual tv production i heard every single thing like you know i would like to take the procession back down the mall sir and then the king says i give you permission or whatever you know those little things you really miss so i was glad that i got all that And also, while some of the moving around of the military was taking place with horse guards, the BBC would like scan to Sophie and Charlotte on the balcony talking, or they'd go back to some of the stuff on the mount. Again, stuff you wouldn't see if you were in any other position. And I loved, Rach, absolutely loved the music because, well, most of them were Welsh hymns and arias that being a Welsh person, it's ingrained in our culture, like Bread of Heaven. And it was so lovely to hear it with a military band. And the BBC did an interview with the composer and it was just wonderful for her to give us the process with connecting the Welsh hymns into the Royal Military Parade. I was so homesick listening to it because it just reminded me of that. And then, Rach, then... Hugh Edwards was telling us all the horses' names. Well, I was there for that. I was there. Like he was saying, Prince Edwards on George. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's a horse called George. (laughs) And then he talked about the Shire horses. As you know, Royal Community, I'm going to love a Shire horse here. The two Shire horses are called Juno and Apollo. And we actually saw the Queen this week meeting Juno. And I wanted to give you a little bit of backstory about it. So here's the animal part of of uh, of the podcast. So the Queen met Juno this week as part of her renaming ceremony. So the horse was called Willow Rose and the Queen renamed her Juno. She's the first mare to be made a drum horse in the household cavalry. And she's part of the lifeguards regiment. And honestly, it was so cute. Camilla Fedder polos and carrots but there was a part of the engagement where Camilla was like she's feeding all these polos and she's like oh we need some carrots and then all of a sudden this woman comes along with a, tr- a silver tray rage with I don't know of course. so many carrots on it and Camilla just picked one carrot up I was like whoa look at the tray of carrots for Juno <laughs> but during this engagement Camilla was presented with an oil painting of Juno by artist Mandy Shepherd. this oil painting I would give my left arm for it was <laughs> beautiful and also Juno's breeder Hugh Murphy who owns David Shire Horses was also present at this ceremony now a quick little connection with that Camilla visited Hugh in 2018 where she met young Juno at the stables I love this plus Hugh was chosen as one of the rural heroes during her edited Country Life magazine edition so I just love how it's all connected and again like I say we saw the ceremony of Juno's naming and then Hugh mentioned Juno during the uh you know during the service do you know what shell noble the horse 
He was misbehaving a bit, wasn't he? Oh, I loved it. The king was coming down the mile and you could see he was really, really trying to control this horse. Yeah. And even to the point where Camilla and Catherine were looking like, oh my gosh, that horse is just going to like start bucking yeah. in a minute and just run off. Yeah. I tell you what though, they had a member of the Horse Guards Cavalry or something. I can't remember the actual title on television talking to Hugh Edwards. And she was saying how expert a rider Charles is and how he was doing extremely well. He was literally just patting her, like calming her down. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do when you're on a horse is then panic. start freaking out. Because, yeah, you They'll panic, pick up the on horse it. Pat- yeah. Exactly. That's why and- I stay away from horses more clearly. <laughs> but what is wonderful is Noble was part of the Canadian Mounted Police. And that was a gift, I think, this year or last year from the Canadian Mounted Police. Um, so, Noble, I think this was probably like the first royal event, which is very overwhelming. But the funniest thing was when they got back to Buckingham Palace and Noble was just going in a circle whilst whilst Charles was trying to give the royal salute. Oh, I mean, come on, Noble. They need a better horse next year. They need another horse next year, I'm telling you. No, he'll be fine. I tell you what, as soon as Noble left Buckingham Palace, I saw, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, actually. We'll just call him a boy. He had his ears pricked and I thought, oh God, this is going to be a bad one. Because all the others... (laughs) They were just really subdued and down and just chilling. And I thought, Noble, there's something going on here. So after the balcony, literally five minutes after, the king and queen and then William and Catherine with the kids, they left Buckingham Palace. It was like, I thought they would have had a little lunch or an early dinner or something. But no, they left. Well, I also think because they had like Order of the Garter or whatever. Remember, Rach, yes, to us, it's the birthday thing. It's like a big deal. To them, it's just another event in the calendar. If they got the rest of the day off, they've got to go home. Yeah, but you would have thought they would have spent it together. I just think like, when was the last time the king saw the grandkids? Like coronation? I don't know. I mean, they are in Windsor on the weekends now, aren't they? And then yeah. the kids do live in Windsor. So you just never really know, do you? I don't know, Shell. They've got so many houses. That was another episode we did. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to say two things I thought were super cute. First, Catherine's mum energy throughout the whole of Troop in the Colour. So we saw this on TV. She was like adjusting Louis' tie. She was talking the kids through what was happening and whatever. And then... Dad energy from William on the balcony. I just loved oh, it. It was so, so cute. cute. And that little moment with Charlotte. With Daddy's girl. Yeah. Oh, I just loved it. And I tell you one thing I did really love is the connection between George and William when the different aircraft were coming over because William was telling the children, oh, this is this type of aircraft or yeah. whatever. And George was so enthralled. So I think there may possibly be a connection with the Air Force for George because he was so connected to that and Louis you could tell he was just like oh George is and Charlotte's interested so let's, let me be interested mm. in it as well because there is a clip where George actually points out a certain aircraft and William goes yes that's it good boy like yeah. he praises him yeah it's so cute well done on a good troop in the colour no protesters or were there protesters right you were there on the grounds not that I saw not that I saw no absolutely amazing so yeah that's troop in the colour for this year if you would love to support the podcast and keep us on the air you can and over on Kofi, it's four pounds or six bucks. And you can also become part of the VIP Royal Community over on Kofi, which connects you to a wonderful, exclusive Royal Community Facebook group and also a monthly Zoom call with Rachel and I, where we chat loads of different things about Royals. We had such a 
wonderful call this month, didn't we? Yeah, we was on, the, on their call for like two hours. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. It's so great to connect with you all on more of a personal level. So if that is something that you're interested in, please feel free and head over to kofi.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Keeping Up The Windsors Pod. And you can also email us, keepingupthewindsorspod at gmail.com. And we also have a YouTube channel. As we've spoken about before, Michelle went to Garter Day last year where she vlogs that whole experience. And you can also watch our video of William in his kernel review from last year's Troop in the Colour. So head on over to Keeping Up The Windsors. Thank you so much for being here and being part of our community. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week on Keeping, Keeping Up, up with The Windsors. Windsors.